Hello there and welcome to the Tunes from Dublin podcast, an Irish traditional music interview series presented by myself, Charles Mono, and featuring guests from County Clare and beyond who come and visit us here in Dublin. On each episode of the show, we are guided by tunes picked and played by our guests, and we talk about various topics related to traditional music, such as sources of inspiration, repertoire, style, memories, and much, much more. If you'd like to support this podcast and the Tunes from Doolin project in general, you can head over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash tunesfromdoolin, where you can sign up and choose a support level that you can sustain. It doesn't have to be much. Even a cup of coffee per month really goes a long way. The link is in the show notes. Thank you so much for your support. Our guest on this episode is flute player Kirsten Alstaff, originally from Scotland but living locally in North Clare for many years and one of the founders and co-directors of the Online Academy of Irish Music. Hope you enjoyed the tunes and our chat with Kirsten and make sure to stick around till the end if you'd like to know more about Kirsten and how to keep up with her music. Enjoy! Thank <laughs> you. 
Thank you so much for those tunes, Kirsten, and welcome to the show. Thanks, it's great to be here. Delighted to have you on board. Uh, tell us, what did you just play? So the first tune is called Kathleen Hehers, and the second one is called Sweet Marie. Yeah, they're great tunes. They're really North Clare. Uh, I would associate, especially the second one with Kilfenora. For sure, yeah, yeah. Where Where did you Where did you learn them? Um, I don't really know where I learned them. I've probably known them for ages, but the first one, I think it was, it was just. I learned it was maybe a two-part tune, but the Didanin um, made it into a four-part and named it after a great fan of theirs, Kathleen Heher. And perhaps it was um, played at the first time at one of the Lisbon Varna Folk Festivals. Okay. And the second tune, um, yeah, I associate with, um, yeah, the Kilfnora Cayley Band. And I think it was Mycleen Conlon used to play it a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, who is also from this Dunvarna, So Yeah, cool. It's funny. So that first tune is actually uh, a, a mix of tunes or uh, they build it up. I think so, yeah. Was that from the early the Danans or? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> um, but I definitely heard it in sessions as well around here and only as a four part. So I don't think I ever heard uh, yeah. a two part. And there are jigs. But they're a different feel to them, haven't they? Yeah, they're sweet, Marie. Um, it's almost like there's something March-like about it, sort of like a. Yeah. Do, you, do you think the first one would be almost kind of a slide? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny. Um, I like them because well, they have a lot of space in them. They're great for flute playing on the flute. Just that extra bit of yeah. space. And would actually the, the second tune be a piping tune? I think I think I've read and heard recordings uh, where people mention Leo Rosam. Okay. But uh, I'm not sure. There's definitely that March feel to yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. Um, but so for the listeners who don't know you very well, you are um, Kirsten Arstaff. Mm-hmm. You live here in Dublin, but you're originally from Scotland. That's right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and founder and director of the Online Academy of Irish Music. Yes. And you've been around a, a long time, I and mean, we know each other for probably over 10 years, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. Um, what brought you here? To, to Doolin or to North Clare? Or? Well, I suppose first Ireland, <laughs> whatever. Oh, really, the Irish music. I was a student at Glasgow University, and um, I got the bug for, well, I played a lot of Scottish music. I got the bug for traditional uh, Irish music, really. I was going into the Irish pubs in Glasgow and um, I don't know how I passed my exams at university because I was <laughs> just out playing the whole time and I got to do an Erasmus exchange to Dublin for three months and I just I really liked it so I had to go back sit my exams and then I moved over um, to Dublin and I was in Dublin for three years yeah. and was that a case of you actually preferred to play Irish music over Scottish music? Well, or? not so much. I mean, I played loads of Scottish music, but Irish music is so much. Um, it, it suits the flute so much better. Yeah. Scottish music is very jumpy. It goes up and down the octaves. It's great on the pipes and the fiddle. But um, the sort of more rolling aspect of Irish music, um, smaller interview uh, intervals, yeah. is... Uh, nice on the flute yeah, cool and were you always playing the flute or did you how old were you when you started 
I had my first instrument was fiddle actually, but I um um I started the flute when I was twelve, mm-hmm. and um I, yeah actually my 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 family moved to Canada. We emigrated when I was twelve, okay, and there wasn't any violin or fiddle in the school I went to, and I had to learn a woodwind. And as we were all taught in the class, 30 of us all together, tubas, trombones, flutes. And so um, I had six years of that. (laughs) And over there is when I actually first started playing Irish music and Scottish music. Well, well, my dad was an accordion player and guitar player. And when we went to Canada, there was a lot of Irish people living around us. So the um, we all kind of grouped together and played our music yeah it's funny i actually never knew you had that this time in canada and it all makes sense because uh i know you for playing loads different genres Mm -hmm. of music irish music is the main part of what you play (laughs) but you've always had loads of different tunes and Mm -hmm. even on your albums like Mm -hmm. it's very obvious that you like having stuff from different (laughs) um different traditions um yeah. Is is it something that was always there or um I think that that came from like my time at maybe University of Limerick which was later and I was exposed to so many different musics. Okay. And also um playing with Los Paddies, you know, with the um do a lot of South American, Spanish kind of music and Irish music. Um, so for people who don't know actually it's it's a great band Los Paddies de las Pampas. Um, you joined the band uh, about eight, maybe eight years ago. We're just called Los Paddies now. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, we do a, a mixture of South American rhythms and a lot and Irish reels and all most of our own stuff with a few traditional tunes thrown in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great band to see live. There's always yes. good crack when you end up at one of those last, last Paddies concerts. Yeah, yeah. They're dancing. Uh, there's a couple of dancers who dance with us, and yeah, they're definitely worth checking out. Um, and how, um, you know, obviously you've all these different influences in your music, and you like playing different stuff. How do you then find yourself going down just to the sessions around the corner? How? Yeah. What's your relation to the real? tradition the purists will say the pure drop i absolutely love it um that's my that is my roots and that is my main love anything else that comes like um you know spanish waltzes or um they're all second to irish traditional music and scottish traditional music they're the same the jigs and the reels and i've gone down to a session and getting stuck in a good session um it's brings you off to another world you know you're just playing a set of four or five reels and it's almost hypnotic it's almost a, it's trance like it, it i miss it so much i just think it's amazing yeah that's been the hardest part of lockdown for me yeah. anyway i'm sure you can relate to that mm-hmm. um not I, knowing what tune's coming next i mean it's yes. different i mean you can get the flute out in the kitchen and I just don't feel inspired but when you don't know what tune's coming next and you know you've got a big repertoire um there's hundreds if not thousands of tunes and you don't know what 
the person next to you is going to play maybe it's going to be a tune you haven't heard or played for three or four years and that's really exciting you're like yes yeah that's the kind of <laughs> bouncing off each other and feeding of each other's music is yeah. really it to me it's the heart of irish traditional music really yes um will we go into another uh, another set of tunes maybe or have you got yeah. something in mind yeah i think i'm gonna play it's the one reel <laughs> all right and it's called lord gardens and oh, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a long one <laughs> it is and it's one actually i just been playing a good bit recently just the past few weeks just to get playing again and there's loads of roles and i was it was a tune actually i was never quite sure of the parts so um hopefully i get them all in the right order <laughs> it'd be fine we won't tell anyone in case. <laughs> and also Christine. i mean it, it's originally a scottish reel so it's so many of the tunes there's um relationships between ireland and scotland with a lot of the reels especially um and lord gardens um is one of one of these Okay, great. So... Oh, <laughs> 
such a great tune like you've so much energy put into it and uh, there's something i've always liked about your playing well loads of different things but it's that the way you've an attack that always reminds you know what i mean with an attack like you know when you mm. get into the note it's it's spot on and that to me reminds me of scottish music and scottish <laughs> pipes so i don't i actually don't know anything yeah. about scottish music so maybe i'm totally wrong and i'm just thinking that because <laughs> you're already from scotland but is there a i yeah i'd say the attack in scottish music ha would happen much more on the beats where i often i'd attack off the beat more for um but i do i do ornamentation and i actually embellish my finger ornamentation often with flutter tongue flutter tonguing mm -hmm. and it's something unusual something that people always ask me about and that actually comes from listening to loads of highland pipe music and okay. on the highland pipes they do like you know 15 17 note crans i mean they their their fingers just i don't know how they do it and I, i'd be trying to do really good crans with my fingers and um i, I realized if i just did a little flutter tongue it sort of made it yeah your playing is very rich in ornaments and like i mean that's the great thing about Irish music, you've so many different styles. You can live, we live in Dublin and yeah. loads of different flute players who are all great. Mm -hmm. Everybody has their own style. Mm -hmm. And yeah. having the the luxury of being able to play with so many different yeah. types of flute player in this instance is amazing. Yeah. How do you relate to other flute players in the area? Um is it more like you just learn tunes from them? How about style, technique? Because you're very confident in your own style. Yeah. I think I did a lot of my my active learning. Like when I was younger, probably in Limerick. Um, however, I, you know, I've played, I love playing in with Christy Barry and actually, and I, I learned a, a tune from him just in the past year. I think it's called the Temple Hill Reel. Temple Mount reel and I went on to record that tune on my album 4-4 uh -huh. and um, I love listening to Christy I, I dropped in on him a couple of times over the past year and just listening to him play he's been keep he's been playing the flute every day and just um, beautiful tunes and he's just so melodic and um, one of my favorite flute players yeah uh, yeah, yeah Chris Christie is great mm. um and you play much tin whistle? Yes. <laughs> um, the flute's my baby. Like I, I, I'd, um, I find I play tin whistle. I have a tin whistle sitting there in the living room, and whenever my son's playing concertina, and we're just like, sort of lounging about, you can't lounge around and play mm -hmm. the flute. You need to be sitting up straight and all your energy about you. But I'd often play the whistle every day on the couch when Matthew's playing his tunes on the concertina. Yeah, you're really you're a flute player, and yeah. there's a whistle left there. Because yeah. Christy, to me, Christy's a flute player, obviously, but he's also a whistle oh, player. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? As in, yes. Not that he takes it more seriously, but because uh, it's a different technique, he, he doesn't play the whistle the same way he plays the flute. I find the the whistle sometimes like. It is much easier and much more satisfying to play. I think maybe in the years to come, I'll be playing a lot more whistle. <laughs> There's that too, yeah. Um, and it's instant gratification as well, especially in the sessions. If you, you know, whip out the whistle and it just cuts above everything and people love it. Mm -hmm. 
They do, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but they love the flute too. Like, don't, don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> you're actually playing an E-flat flute today. I am, yeah. Just, um, I usually play the D-flute, but it's nice, just nice if you're playing on your own to play the E-flat. Um, yeah. It gives that extra... Uh, kind of extra boost of energy doesn't it like it's, it's a small bit easier it's just being a small bit shorter and um easier to fill uh-huh. there was a uh, there are still albums being recorded in e flat but for me i always think about that recording of uh matt molloy tommy peoples oh, yes. and paul brady isn't it yeah in e flat that's that e flat sound to me is um, them. yeah the other one um noel hill and tony lanan yeah. Most of that's an E flat too. Yeah. Um, since we're talking, uh, that just came up. What? Who would be your main influences in Irish music or musicians that you look up to? I must say, well, one of the biggest influences um, would have been my flute tutor when I went to UL. Who, that was Niall Keegan, and I mean, he introduced me to so many players like Paddy Carty and. Um, a big range of musicians from all over the country and further afield as well as Jean-Michel Villon from Brittany and um, but you know I've got a it's a flute player I just listen to so much I have an album of his it's Beage B-E-A-G and it's a it's a Michel Bonomi. he lived in the area here for many years I think he's back living here and I just think he's a beautiful flute player yeah no i, I must agree on everybody you mentioned uh niall keegan and michelle Mi- yeah michelle is very much part of the doolin mm-hmm. scene he was here in the 80s for many years and then we didn't see him for a while and came back uh, a few years ago mm. very very talented and enchanted by his choice of tunes on that album and his flute playing he can play any genre he can play with anyone rock and roll jazz it seems he's just so musical yeah but that's like yourself oh thank you (laughs) you're welcome that's the truth you know um i can't imagine myself going on and play in a jazz session or whatever no me neither not jazz but i'm not even sure how it fits in los paddies or any of those (laughs) are you fitting great some of the tunes you have recorded on uh your albums uh, you recorded Tico Tico didn't you oh, yeah. that tune yeah yeah that was difficult and did you was it like a challenge you just went <laughs> yeah. for that tune because you wanted to well I love that tune and I've never tired of it Dermot Byrne playing it and um, uh, yeah I just really wanted to put that down um, and actually it wasn't too difficult third part goes into E flat major um, but Apart from that, it's kind of swinging. Well, I'm sure you put in the work for it. I'd say we, we'll talk about your, your album maybe uh, a, a little later. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to play another set of tunes? Yeah. And, and then maybe we chat about your CD. Yeah. Cool. Okay. What would you like to play? So I'm going to play two reels. Um, the big reel of Ballynacally into The Watchmaker. Thank <laughs> you. 
Love that too. You know, it's originally a Scottish stress bay. Okay. Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it didn't. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And um, I know I learned. I remember where I learned it from. I'm sure I learned it from Quinton Cooper. Ah, okay, yeah, the or maybe early <laughs> fiddle case stuff, maybe. When you talk about Quentin, you never know uh, what instruments. If you start launching the list, you're like <laughs> mandolin, guitar, banjo, fiddle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, it's a great tune. So both the tunes are on your last album, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. Cause, so you recorded two albums, I remember. I, I was looking for it, I couldn't find it before you came. The first one was the Gallo Glass. Yeah. yeah. A great jig. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. And then that was, how long ago was that? That must that was two thousand fourteen, so that's six years ago. Yeah. Seven nearly. Oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Time flies. And then end of twenty twenty was, was it? Or? At the end of twenty nineteen, oh. start of twenty twenty. <laughs> like we've lo- we've lost there's eighteen months with those lockdowns that are just gone. Yes. But we said we were not going to talk about COVID or <laughs> lockdowns too much. Yeah. Um, I, I was actually lucky to be able to launch I got one small soft launch in of my of four four at the Michael Russell Festival, just before lockdown. And while I think about it, if people are looking up for your album, they can go on your website. Yeah, uh, Christianallstaff.com, Yeah. And four four is actually the number four slash. F-O-U-R. Yes, it's, it's, there's lots of reels on. I love the four four. I love electronic music four four. There's just something in the. And I just thought I'd name my album for four. <laughs> I think it's a good name for a CD. Um, so the two tunes, the big reel of Bally Nakali mm-hmm. and the Washmaker, they're on it. But I don't think you play them together on the CD, do you? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. So that's like the the extra the extra track we just got there. <laughs> um, do you want to tell us about the CD? Because you have a good few guests and some great musicians on it with you. Yeah. Um, so I recorded it in Scotland. Um, Jean Demy, he's been a friend of mine since my days at University of Limerick. Um, he's based over there, as is David Lombardi, another great um, musician. He's actually Italian. And um, so I played a lot with them. 
and of course John Joe Kelly um, on Byron yeah. on Byron yeah he played with him in Galaglass he just brings such lift um, I wish I could have done more live with John Joe because playing live with John Joe is just uh, it's a great experience <laughs> yeah just get all the energy and, yeah, yeah. So. I remember you did a, a CD launch in in O'Connor's wasn't it no right. colors pop yeah. down here and they were they were both here no jean jean wasn't, wasn't it was that was the one before um the lockdowns happened that was a uh, killian odalai was yeah. playing with me and neil fitzgibbon nice and when you went to the like the process of picking tunes from an album mm-hmm. how did that work for you I I picked tunes I'm very sentimentally attached to as opposed to ones that possibly would um, resonate better with an audience or that would possibly sit much better on the flute. <laughs> okay, that's the great reasons to pick tunes. I mean, With tunes. There's tunes on the CD that remind me of my days in Glasgow 25 years ago. Um, they're all, too, most of them are tunes I'm very sentimentally attached to. Some of them very challenging to play, others not. But there has to be some passion. I mean, it's, it's, that's where the passion is. That's what you're doing. It Passion, like, um, is what motivates. But I think, like, when you decide which tunes to learn, whether they are from, um, for a CD or not, you learn them because you like them, um, mm. well, I assume. Mm. just the sound the melody of a tune yeah but then it, all it takes is to have heard the tunes in one place at one time or to have played it with someone at some stage and that's why we keep playing those tunes ultimately yes yeah it's like music's a time machine you know you hear a tune and you can just be brought back to <laughs> yeah i have that you know with uh it's a bit like the sense of smell yes do you have that as well? For sure, yeah. yeah. And and it's funny, it's not always the tune because it depends who plays it and how it's played. Mm-hmm. It's just sometimes you hear it and you're like, oh my God, I remember that session yes. there with such and such. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, after you just launched your album mm-hmm. and then lockdown happened, mm-hmm. um, obviously I'm sure you were looking forward to more launches. Because was that one in O'Connor's the only one Yes, that you got to do. I had another, I had a few more arranged, but they they were later on in March, so yeah. they were all pulled. Um, I could have done something more online, and I, I perhaps will. But it, was, it just required a lot of adjustment. I don't think at the start of the whole thing, anybody yeah. thought it would mm. last for so long. Yeah. I, it'll just be great when we're all out playing tunes again. I mean, the, the the whole nature of the tradition is very organic and it relies on, I think, us getting together and um, digging out these old tunes and reminding each other of them on a yes. weekly, weekly or more you know, basis. It, it'd be almost like discovering new tunes again, yeah. which is kind of exciting <laughs> in a way, but you found it very difficult. Like to just motivate yourself and play at home or how did you... You know, I really enjoyed the break. Yeah. I felt like I needed it. And... um, So in general or specifically with music? Specifically with um, playing music. Was that maybe the pressure building up with the CD? Yeah. 
Yeah. For sure. It makes sense. Because, well, I know there was music in your house throughout because you mentioned it earlier, like your son plays the concertina. Yes. Um, well, I haven't said, I've taken, playing music on the flute, you know, I've got a new joy in my life and that's playing guitar. And ah, cool. I, oh, I have no ambitions to be anything more than a learner guitar player. And, you know, I just play a few chords and standard along with Matthew. And I actually also sing a good few songs, not particularly trad ones. And I just love it. Like, But I don't think you need any other purpose than just yeah. enjoying it that's it just yeah. sitting on the couch yeah singing Chris Christopherson or um, whatever <laughs> and was did you start before lockdown or was that actually oh, your lockdown I played guitar since I was well my dad okay. showed me all the cards when I was just 11 or 12 and I've always tinkered away but I've never progressed I've never taken it seriously and I still don't take it seriously but you you got to do a little bit more of that yeah non-serious music yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but now the break is too long. Yes. What's the... Um, what... When we mentioned going back to sessions and learning mm. all the new tunes, are there specific sessions or things you want to do once we can just do whatever we want? You know, I've enjoyed like 20 years of playing sessions and stuff. And my focus, and I felt it over COVID, has really changed from me and my upkeep of my own music to my son who's really enjoying playing he's got the bug I mean I have to ask him to stop playing a couple of times a day it drives me mad but uh that's my that's my new focus really and do you would you try and teach him a tune every now and then or for now you can have let him do his own thing because I suppose he's Mm. he's going to a a continuity teacher yeah he's um he's now into he, he's so hungry for it and his concertina teacher stopped in may and so i know the cds he likes to listen to his favorites cormac begley and caroline Keane are his two favorites and what i'll do is i'll find he's a, great he's got great taste yeah i write out a a, a set and he'll kind of glance at it a bit say, look, you can just follow these notes. That's your favorite set. And then he'll come around and I'll hear him. And it might take a week or two. Then he's playing the set and delighted with himself. So. Uh, brilliant. And do you actually play together a little bit once he's learned the oh, tunes? Oh, yeah. Ah, brilliant. Yeah. I have that as well. I, I must say with my eldest, she's a bit younger than your son. But yeah. uh, there is something because you get that feeling of you're passing it on. Yeah. And... As the nature of traditional music it's alive and it's mm. it carries through the generations but when it happens within your own house mm. uh, for me anyway it feels more um, not natural but it's wow I'm doing something mm. useful well you're giving them a great gift because the, that there's no time spent playing music anything tunes is time such well spent it's almost like you're checking out you're you're in the present moment and you know they could spend hours playing and that's such a beautiful gift and if they can keep that going through their teens you know that's a little escape place for them to go and play their music and i mean it's a passport to meeting people I think you actually mentioned earlier, and you might have used the word, was it transcendent, you said, or 
spiritual kind of a <laughs> Oh yeah, when you're in, when you're playing loads of reels, you're 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 in yeah, <laughs> you're you're in the zone. And, yeah, uh, exactly. but that's true. And I think you said it like he has got the hunger for it. Mm. Probably when he's playing, yeah. he's in that zone, and it's a great gift, like you said. Yeah, it's time for me. I mean, I'd rather him play in music for sure than being on Netflix or you know video games. It's so much more wholesome. Yeah, no, no, you can. Uh, you can really uh, be proud mm-hmm. of, you know, having, passing this on yeah, with your family. Um, and sure, watching kids learn and play, or mm-hmm. it makes me jealous. Mm-hmm. I mean, they learn so fast. It's absolutely Dude. ridiculous. I know. It takes them 10 minutes. Like, even, yeah. do you know what? If they've listened to a tune sometimes, you give them the notes. Mm-hmm. They play nearly straight away from reading from the notes and then it takes them very little time to just uh, have the tune off by heart same as language because they're just they're just soaking it in they're not actively learning they're not consciously setting out to learn a tune they're just just washing over them and soaking into them um, just like a language would because I find for myself I don't know how you are about learning Mm -hmm. tunes but if I don't know the tunes in my head before I learn it that's when it can take me a long time. And I, I usually yeah. don't do it. Like, yeah. being honest, uh, mm-hmm. I'll learn the tunes that I have in my head because I've heard them several times. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's too, too much effort. I'm lazy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, for them, you can yeah. give them something they've never heard and I know. no hassle. How, how, what's your learning process like? Uh, as in, like, learning tunes? Yeah. Like, Charles, I honestly haven't learned tunes for so long I don't think even the ones on my CD I played them all for years before mm-hmm. I, um, I yeah again if I if I hear a tune a few times it, it has to be in my head and then it's no bother um, often if there's a difficult tune and I was learning it for oh for example I'm playing a lot with a classical player at the moment and he's throwing this stuff some of his compositions he's a great classical guitar player and sometimes I'm like whoa how am I gonna learn this so I actually I actually sit down with a pen and paper and I'll I will I'll write down the notes one by one uh-huh. some of them are very fast passages and then that process of writing for me it was the same as when I was doing exams it's very um, important in my learning process and I think it always was going back when I was learning tunes I'd always listen to I want to hear I want to learn that one and I just scribble down the notes it's first. very it's very interesting because i'm i'm the same mm-hmm. and the reason when the tunes from doodling project started 10 years ago i was teaching myself how to build the website but i was also learning my first few tunes i had only been playing for a couple of years mm-hmm. and i'd learned the tunes by i can't read music mm-hmm. so i listen to the tune have the record like the recording playing maybe slow it down on the computer and learn it along but then uh, the crucial step for me was actually to write it down after yes and not read another version that you can find on the internet because there, no. there are loads of versions i had to write the simple structure of the yes. tune and once i had this done it was kind of stuck yes. in my head and for sure it's not about going and finding the notes and learning it because that's if you just read the notes that somebody else has written down it's not really going to get into your head 
It's much better to learn by ear and write down yourself. And it's funny because we might hear different things in a tune. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why I had to do this writing process, mm. which I've kept doing for mm. 10 years after. Yeah. It's handy sometimes to find, be able to find versions that are good online. And that's what I'm hoping to do you know, on the website. Yeah. If somebody's learn, trying to find a version that maybe my version suits them. Yeah. yeah. But like you said, mm -hmm. uh, would highly encourage people to write down. Yeah tune for themselves or like I, first of all I highly encourage people to be, to listen a good few times and not to go trying to learn a tune until it's really embedded in there until you can lilt it or sing along yeah and then if you need to do something written that's grand you might not need to I think I was uh, I was told this when I started from scratch with Irish mm -hmm. music before learning a tune you need to know the tune in your head and I mean mm -hmm. I was told, uh, go to the session, mm -hmm. sit down and don't play and just listen, mm -hmm. soak it in. And I mean, these are, you have so much experience in teaching, mm. both uh, university, one-to-one, -one, online as well. Mm. Uh, yeah. I think for people listening to this who are in learning loads of tunes, maybe starting off beginner, intermediate, that's probably one of the best advice yeah. you can give people, isn't it? Listen. Yeah. Listen, listen, listen. Mm -hmm. Plus, it's fun because I mean, listening to well, you've great got to love it. Yeah, you gotta love it. And if you've got the passion there for listening, then you'll have the passion for learning. You know. Yeah, I think that's a great way to finish this episode uh, on these great advice for people learning tunes. Ah. Um, Kirsten, it was great to have you uh, here today. Thanks for coming. Ah, thank you, Charles. It was a pleasure. And can't wait to be able to go out and... Have a tune. Have a tune. Actually, <laughs> when I say go out, I'm laughing because we can play outside at the moment, but I yes. can't wait to go in yeah. and play tunes. Thank Kay. you, Charles. Thanks, Kirsten. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode and thanks again so much to Kirsten Alstaff for coming on the Tunes from Dulin podcast. If you'd like to keep up with Kirsten and her music and order her albums, make sure to visit her website kirstenalstaff.com. You can also check out her work with the Online Academy of Irish Music at oaim.ie where they have a huge selection of online courses on many different instruments. All the links are in the show notes. Thank you again so much for listening to the Tunes from Dudin podcast and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. It would be very helpful if you could tell your friends about the show too, share it on social media and feel free to visit the Patreon page if you'd like to support. If you'd like to know more about the Tunes from Dudin project, you can check out the website and YouTube channel. You can also email me at tunesfromdulin at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Thanks again and see you at the next episode.